0: Who's been enjoying the Spiritual Practices series? Yes, getting something out of it. Well, we're going to keep doing it, probably until maybe the cows come home, whenever that is. Um, I've never seen a cow come home, so it could be a while. Um, But on my holidays, who knows, you don't go on holidays from God, it's pretty impossible. God began to speak to me about the spiritual practice that I wanna talk about today. But I thought before I start sharing on that, that I would remind us, just wanna remind us why the spiritual practices exist. I preached about this at the start of the series. And it's really important for us to remember this and understand it. That the spiritual practices aren't something that God has given us so that we can work our way to pleasing God that when we do them, that we will find salvation and we'll find God and we'll, we'll, we'll become better Christians and God will be pleased with us and we will appease his wrath. Because that's sometimes what people think about these spiritual... I've got to read my Bible to make God happy. Or I've got to read and pray to make God happy. I've got to come to church to make God happy because I need, need to make sure he's happy. Guess what? Jesus did that. You don't need to make God happy. Jesus has made God pleased with us. He has dealt with the problem of of the lack of relationship between us and God. He's dealt with the sin issue. And so the spiritual practices exist so that God has given them to us so that we might know him, so that we might draw close to him. As we've sung today, that we would seek him. Even as we worship together, worship Corporate worship is a spiritual practice. In some, in some denominations, they call it liturgy. And even the Psalms within the Bible were literally to be sung together as a congregation by the Jews. And so they would sing them together. And, and this idea, it's a practice where we, as we do, we draw closer to God and we, he reveals his nature to us and we, we grow in our relationship with him. And so I just wanted to remind us of that because sometimes we can get into that works mentality, work our way to getting right with God, but nothing will get us right with God in our own strength. It's only through what Jesus has done for us. And so he's given us his word, he's given us prayer, he's given us each other that we might know him, that we might draw close to him. And so today's spiritual practice is one of the fundamentals and it's that spiritual practice Of prayer. Now, I could feel the groan in the room as I said that. It's like, whenever you start to talk about prayer, people go, oh, I don't pray enough. I need to pray more. Or the the thought is, uh, I I don't, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, Ben, about prayer, but I just don't know what to pray or how to pray or where to start when it comes to prayer. Anyone feel like that? Feel like you just don't know the words to say? Some honest people here. But but the reality for most of us, we think, oh, yeah, I should be getting, getting aside and praying to God more and more. Now, I'll say that. I'm honest enough to say it. And the interesting thing is that I think prayer is probably one of the most misunderstood or misused spiritual practices. I'll be honest with you. Because we we have a wrong perspective on what prayer really is. And so today I want to share about that because I... And it's not to bring a condemning message or anything like that, that you should be praying more, you should be praying an hour a day and you should be doing this. I want you to understand how prayer works and how we can do it. Because like Nigel shared, prayer makes a difference. Prayer changes things. Prayer brings transformation. And so if we can grab a hold of it, it can change our lives. I love that Damien shared from um, Philippians last week. I was excited when he did. It sort of goes, all right, I'm on the right track. Um, We need to talk about prayer. And it's a great passage about prayer. Even this morning we're talking about don't be anxious, don't worry. been singing it. But it says there in Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, And supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Who doesn't want that? We all want that. But it's really interesting in this passage that Paul separates prayer and supplication. What is supplication? Anyone heard of the idea of petition? supplication and petition is basically bringing your shopping list to God. God, I need this, I need that, I want you to do this in my life, I want you to do that. And it's really interesting that that Paul separates those two things. He says prayer and supplication. Sadly, in religion, what we've done, or what we tend to do, is we've dumbed down prayer to being a shopping list. That prayer is just about when I'm in trouble, I'll pray and ask God for help. Or or when I need a husband, I'll pray and ask God for a husband or a wife. Or when we're having kids, well, I'll pray that we can get pregnant. Or I need a house, or I'll pray that God will give me a house. Or I need a job, i pray that God will give me a good job. Isn't that right? Yeah. These are, and so we, we think prayer is all about asking. And, and there is an aspect to that. There's no doubt about it. Jesus talks about it. But... What we need to understand is prayer is so much more than a shopping list to bring to God. You see, prayer is, the Bible teaches us that prayer is what Adam and Eve did when they walked with God in the garden. And they'd walk together and talk together. Prayer is what Mary did on that day when her sister got mad at her, Martha, for not helping in the kitchen. But Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his teachings. That's prayer. Prayer is what Jacob did when he wrestled with an angel. He wrestled with an angel and he said to that angel, I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me. That's prayer as well. When we get a hold of God and we say, God, I I, want to see change. And we don't let go until God brings the transformation or the blessing. Prayer is also when the early church, after Jesus ascended back to heaven, And he left them with the command, wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And they waited in the upper room, something like 40 odd days, waiting for God to move. That's prayer as well. So many examples throughout Scripture. Daniel praying even when the laws of the land told him he wasn't allowed to pray, but he still chose to pray three times a day, going to God, asking him to or to know him and to draw close to him and this this is what prayer is and we could go on and on but there are so many different definitions for prayer that i could put up but the thing that i've come to the conclusion about prayer is very simple and i've this is how i've defined prayer myself this is from me it's not from a book so if you don't like it that's fine But prayer is the spiritual equivalent to what communication is to our natural relationships. Think about that for a moment. Prayer is the spiritual equivalent to what communication is to our natural relationships. You see, it's very interesting that, especially lately since COVID, they've been doing lots of studies about about how important our natural relationships are. And the thing that holds our natural relationships together is communication. And so if you don't have good communication, the chances are you won't have healthy relationships. And uh, I came across a study done in 1996 where they studied children in relation to their environment and their people communicating with them and, and looking after them. And it says there, it's called An Ounce of Prevention, the study and it says children raised in environmentally deprived facilities such as the Romanian orphanages experience fewer sounds colors pictures interactions and sights. now we'll go into more about what communication is all about but communication is more than just words and the brains are smaller than those of children who grow up in centrally rich environments with meaningful relationships When doctors have studied brains of children from deprived environments, there is a strong resemblance to brains of Alzheimer's patients. Animals raised in zoos have brains that are 20 to 30% smaller than animals raised in the wild. Studies done on over a 1,000 abused and neglected children found that children who were rarely touched or spoken to and who had little opportunity to explore and experiment with toys, had brains that were 20 to 30% smaller than most children their age. In over half these cases, parts of the brains appeared to, to have literally wasted away. It's a pretty powerful thought, the importance of communication and relationships. A recent study that I read that they've been doing since COVID about social isolation and loneliness, they've discovered that social isolation has the same effect on our physical bodies as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Think about that. People who are isolated, who are alone, who don't have a lot of interaction with others, it affects their physical body. As if they were, had smoked fifteen cigarettes a day. These are the. This is why we need to understand that if communication is so vital to our physical health, then it makes sense that communication with God, prayer, is vital for our spiritual health. You get that? Now, to for us to understand this fully, we need to to look at what communication is all about but to understand why prayer is so important we don't need to go any further than Jesus himself because he showed us by his example the son of God showed us how important prayer was here's three scriptures just three I've picked that show us that Jesus knew communication with God through prayer was really important mark 135 very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place and prayed. Luke five fifteen to 17. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and he healed their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke six twelve. One of those days, Jesus went out to, the, to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When the morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. So prayer to be connected to God is absolutely vital. But as I said, if we're going to understand how prayer works, we need to understand how communication works. Who knows that the spiritual... Or the natural is a reflection of the spiritual, isn't that right? So what we have here in the natural world, because we're created in God's image, that there is, it is a reflection of God and how he operates as well. And so if we look at natural communication, it gives us a really good understanding of how prayer should work. And it might be a bit different to what you expect. Because as I said earlier, in natural communication, we obviously communicate verbally. Is that right? We talk to each other. What, now most, some a lot of you will probably know this, but what percentage of communication do you think is verbal? Whether you're male or female, it's not different any other way. Seven, it's a bit higher, a little bit higher. It's about 85%. 85, not, not, wrong way around, 15% of our communication is verbal. 15%. Does that surprise some of you? 15%. So what is the rest of our communication? Uh, Nonverbal. And what are the sort of things that nonverbal communication are? Touch. That study talked about touch, didn't it? Steve's pretty happy when he heard that. But uh, touch. Touch is really important. Who knows when you meet with someone and you, you... reach out and shake their hand or you touch them on the shoulder, you feel accepted and loved. Isn't that right? Touch is a big part of communication. What else is there? Facial expressions. expressions. Exactly. Facial expressions, the way you smile and the way you look or don't smile, it communicates a lot with people. Body language. Whether you're Italian or not, body language (laughs) is really important. It makes, it's a huge part. We're missing one really vital one as well. Tone, tone, eye contact, tone. Yeah, they're good, but there's even a bigger one than that. Yes. Listening, listening. What does the Bible say? You got two ears, one mouth, use them in that proportion? He does. It says, listen more than you speak. So that's how I interpret it. (laughs) So that's how I interpret it. (laughs) That's the Ben Carboni paraphrase. God gave you two ears and one mouth, use them in that proportion. But this is the thing. Can you see that communication is much bigger than just talking? But in so many ways with prayer, we just talk about talking to God. We forget about listening to God sometimes, which is a big part of it. But also, there's so much more. Guess what? There are, there's another a couple of other ways we communicate, such as writing things down or reading. We communicate. And these days, with things like social media and videos, we do it a lot by video, projected images, a way that we communicate. So this is the thing we need to get a hold of and lose this traditional mentality of praying is locking myself in the prayer is locking myself in a cupboard for an hour and and just seeking God and That la, la. that is important I'm going to talk about that more that is important to do but prayer is so much more than that it's prayer you know every time you pick up your bible and read you're praying so guess what you're probably praying more than you think Every time you put on a worship song in the car or listen to worship, guess what? You're praying. Every time you come to church and we sing together, we're praying. You're praying more than you realize. Now, the best scripture I I know about prayer is this one. Be still and know I am God. Here's the challenge. And Benito talked about this a few weeks ago but the first challenge is for us is to be still to take a posture of stillness what does that mean it simply means have a rest or take a break but it doesn't mean you switch off it doesn't mean you can't be still any time of the day you like it doesn't mean like Benito shared oh I can only be still when I'm in the shower that's when I get still and I hear God. No, you can be still anytime. time. It's an attitude or a perspective. Does that make sense? See, it's an attitude of saying, I'm actually going to stop and remember who is God. That I'm not God of my life. God is God of my life. So what the passage is literally saying, what God is saying to us is, hey, Slow down, have a break, remember that I am God. Get in the right position to hear from me. Be in the right position to know I'm with you, because he is with us all the time. If we're Christians, he's in us. He dwells in us. And so he is with us all the time. So being still is acknowledging that thought. God is with me right now. I'll talk about that a bit more in a moment, but God is with us and he's in us. So take a moment to think wherever you are, you're driving the car or whatever, God, you're with me right now. That's being still and acknowledging you are God, not me, you. So my life is in your hands and I trust you with it. When we do that, that's the first step to really knowing God knowing who he is, knowing that he is God and we are his creation. So let me give you three practical, very simple examples to expand on this idea that prayer is more than just bringing your shopping list. Prayer is more than just locking yourself in a cupboard. Prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer is, is the way we live. It's an attitude to life that we acknowledge that God You are my God and I will communicate with you, not just verbally, but in every aspect of my life. So how should we pray? Well, number one, we should pray continuously, Paul says. What's that mean? It simply means to be attentive. To be attentive to that God is with us all the time, like I've just said. So we need to always be praying and, and considering God is with us, a couple of scriptures there for you: Thessalonians 5:17, "Pray without ceasing," Paul says. And Ephesians, he says it this way: "Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit." Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. So you go, how can I pray all the time? I like that. It's what you imagine prayer to be. If prayer is about communicating with God then the way you live your life is communicating with God. Let me explain it this way. Um, I'm married to Julie. She's excited about that. But I'm not just in relationship with Julie when I'm with her, when she's right there, when she's beside me. Guess what? I'm in relationship with Julie when she's not with me. The way I live my life honors her. Does that make sense? So there's certain people that I won't talk to or whatever, or or that sort of thing, because I I honor her with my life. Does that make sense? I try to say that in the right way. Um, but the reality is, I honor our marriage and our relationship. Now, the thing, the crazy thing for us is, God is always with us. So are we living our life in a way that honors him? And and that when we do that that is prayer. The Bible talks about let your life be a sweet smelling fragrance that goes up to God and is pleasing to his nostrils. That's crazy. That's what it says. Yeah. I don't think so. That's my paraphrase. It does in in one version it does, I'm sure. In my version, I'm pretty sure it says nostrils. <laughs> figuratively, God doesn't necessarily have nostrils, but <laughs> figuratively. Anyway, let's move on. The fact is, there was a, an 18th century monk by the name of Brother Lawrence. And he had this revelation about living for God in your everyday life when he was washing the dishes in the monastery. And he said these words, what you normally do for yourself, you begin doing for God, whether it is eating, bathing, working, relaxing, or taking out the rubbish. How cool is that? Whatever you're doing, you're doing it for God. Whatever you're doing is a prayer to God. Imagine the difference it can make in our world if we realize that that is what, is, what prayer is all about. If prayer is not just verbal, but it involves body language and posture and, and tone and all these things, listening. If we're practicing those things in honor to God, we're praying. Isn't that an incredible? Thought. And then when we're doing that, what are we doing? We're not praying continuously. So it's not like you're going around all day going, Oh God, help me here, or no, 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 I need to do in this and da-da-da. No, you're living your life in honour to him. That's what praying continuously is all about, It's bring glory to him. The next one is what the example that Jesus showed us is one-on-one time. Because the reality is you can't have a relationship with someone unless you, or a deep and meaningful relationship, a, a true relationship, a growing healthy relationship, unless you spend time with them. If Julie and I only caught up once a week for dinner and we're married to one another, who knows our marriage would probably not work if that's the only time. Let's have a conversation for an hour on Tuesdays and then we'll just go our own way. It just wouldn't work. The only way you really grow deeper in relationship with someone is by spending time with each other, but deliberate time, like one-on-one time. That's why Jesus... He'd be doing all this stuff, healing people and preaching and teaching the Word and teaching people about God, and he'd get tired because he had people mobbing him all the time to get prayed for, and he'd get tired, and he knew that the place he needed to do was withdraw and spend time with God himself, just one-on-one. And this is really important because spending one-on-one time with God, it does energize us, but we do have to make it a priority. So it does require us to voluntarily surrender our time for God. It means actually planning it in to our day. It means actually thinking about when am I actually going to put some focus into my relationship with God. Because if you don't, if if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So it's really important that we actually Make it a priority. But it requires us, and I'll say this as nicely as I can, but you have to ask yourself the question is, do I value my relationship with God enough to give him my time? Because that's the simple matter. And you say, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Well, Jesus was busy, but he still did it. Now, for some of us, it might not work every day, but it has to be planned in somehow, somehow in your week, that drawing aside, reading your word, spending time with God and praying and just being with him and allowing him to speak and energise you is really, really vital. One thing I'll say is make it a priority, but understand that God knows how we work so if you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. Just pick it up again another day. Because God is always there for us. He He's always there ready for us to make time for him. The last one that God gives us is corporately. We're called to pray together, which is great that Nigel shared that today. Classic scripture that we use is two Chronicles seven fourteen. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and there you go. And will forgive their sins and heal their land. How good is that? There is a role for us to pray together as his church, as his body. And the incredible thing about it, it it does have the power to heal our land, to heal our community. And who knows, our community needs healing. It's so broken. The early church is a fantastic example of this, the church in Acts. They continually and often daily prayed together. And who knows that they changed the world they lived in. It was a different world because of the church. It transformed a society. And we wouldn't have the society we have today if it wasn't for the church. There wouldn't be hospitals. There wouldn't be schools. There wouldn't be funerals. There wouldn't be these things because the church were the ones that initiated these services. So it's it's amazing what can happen when the church comes together and prays. So... I guess what I want to get across to you today is that we need to understand that communication with God. That prayer not just changes us, but it also has the potential to change the world we live in. You see, prayer, and when I talk about prayer, what I'm talking about is connecting with God, communicating with God in all these different ways whether it's in your daily life and how you live your life, whether it's coming to prayer meetings, whether it's in your prayer closet at home, whatever it is, meeting with others to pray, whatever it is, however you pray, but your life, the way you live your life is an opportunity to pray and live in relationship with God. What the Bible teaches us is that it can make the impossible possible. It's really interesting, and I, I truly believe this with all my heart, that I, I honestly can say to you that I don't believe Jesus would have lived the life he lived or done, did, done the miracles that he did, or did the miracles he'd done, or something like that. But he wouldn't have done them if he didn't have, or if he wasn't serious about his prayer life. He was human like you and I. So it's important for us to remember that Jesus didn't offer up a prayer in a vain hope. God, help me here. This guy is blind and I need you. No, his miracles and his teachings and everything that he did was the fruit of a healthy prayer life. Do you get that? It was, the, it was the fruit of a life lived abiding in God. How do we abide in God? Through prayer. Through communication. Through relationship. Spending time with God. And I believe that's our responsibility for us personally and for us as a church to take up that responsibility that we will choose to pray and seek God with everything we have. As... as Great, what Nigel shared because I really feel like that God is calling us into a season of prayer, church. And I know we pray, but I just feel like there's a a really important moment that we actually make it a priority, like we haven't for a long time. And the reason I say that is because, as I said earlier, God started to speak to me about this on my holidays. I would. I went for a jog early in my holidays and I was running along the foreshore down, the, down at Largs. And as I was running along, huffing and puffing, I looked up and there was a hawk hovering over something. You know how they do when they're ready to then dive and get a rat or get a mouse or get something? A cockroach or something, not a pastor. It wasn't that big a hawk but the and it was just hovering there and as it was hovering there I felt that it's maybe that moment of stillness I was actually I contemplated and saw that and it triggered something in me to say that's a picture of God over my life I had that picture of Jesus getting baptized and the dove coming down and saying this is my son in whom I'm well pleased and it felt like God was saying to me as he was as that hawk was hovering there that That's the Holy Spirit over your life, Ben, and he's over you and he's there. It's really important. That was the, the starting point for me of this journey of saying we need to be praying again as a church and for me personally, praying more. That was the first point. And this is one thing I'll say to you. Prayer does not ever start with us. Prayer always begins with God. God speaking to us. Even the the desire in us to pray is God's planting in us to seek him, that, that we seek after this thing that is missing in our life. And so when God spoke, he initiated this thought in my head that it's time I need to seek God, I need to pray. Prayer always begins with God. He starts it. God starts everything. He created the whole world with one word from his mouth at the beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. So everything begins with him. This is the foundation we build our life on. So when it comes to prayer, God is the one who draws us. And in that moment on my holidays, you can come in. In my in holidays, I saw that hawk hovering. And then about a, a few days later, I Julie and I took my mum to Middleton to visit her brother. We stayed there a couple of nights. And I went for a run there. And um, I'm running along the foreshore at Middleton, and there's a a pine tree, a small pine tree, maybe about five metres high. And as I'm running towards it, I look up, and there was this full, mature barn owl sitting on top of, of the tree, the pine tree I've never seen a barn owl in the wild never ever has anyone seen a barn owl in the wild? some farmers would uh, but it's just incredible it's, it, the eyes and everything and I just and I, as soon as I saw it it's like God saying I'm here I'm watching you the Holy Spirit is with you Ben I'm with you I'm right here And so just time and time. And then when we got back from our holidays in Kangaroo Island, I went for a run again. Julie and I went. And I was running along the foreshore here again. And all all of a sudden, there were two like pigeons ahead of me. And normally when you're running and you run past birds, they take off and fly off. And I'm running. And by this time, I was a long way ahead of Julie. But... (laughs) But I ran past these two pigeons, and I literally, my foot landed right next to it. Right next to it. And it didn't fly off. It just sat there. It was cool. It was happy. It was doing its thing. And I kept running. And I said to Julie after, did you see those two pigeons? She said, yeah, yeah, they didn't move or anything. I thought, how weird was that? But in that moment, when I nearly stepped on it, it was like, God's saying to me, I'm right here next to you. I'm right here next to you. And it's in these moments that God was speaking to me about this desire to draw closer to me. But God initiated this. He's drawing me. And I believe he wants to draw us as a church to to get back into this posture of prayer, living a life that honors God and, and spending time together even. And I'll talk about that in the coming weeks about different thoughts about how we're going to do that but but I want to set in place here today an attitude and a desire to remind us of the importance of prayer and you know when we got back from our holidays we caught up with Steve and Judy and I shared with them the these things that had been happening to me and uh, incredibly as they do with their foresight and their prophetic gift Like they're telling me that that our represented wisdom and and that God is and and Steve said even in his own life at that time he was feeling God initiating stuff. That God was initiating, God was starting something new, something fresh, and that he was drawing even him into a closer and deeper relationship. So I share it today, and even then Nigel confirms it in the mouth of two or three witnesses that that God is calling us, church, to pray. God is reminding us of the importance of prayer. And and I'll just share with you the last thing that God reminded me of. I woke up one morning in Kangaroo Island, and I'd had a dream, but the dream wasn't significant. But out of that dream, God reminded me of a dream I had about 15 years ago. And it was the dream that determined me leaving our former church and planting this church. And in that dream, I was trying to help someone who was oppressed and and in real trouble and and was in a a really bad state and nothing was working. I was trying to speak wisdom into their life. I was trying to pray for them. I was trying to do all sorts of things to help them and nothing was working. and then in in a moment the dream went further than this but in that one moment as I was trying to help this person God said to me using scripture he said this kind does not come out but by prayer and fasting and in that moment I knew that the church we were called to plant was going to be a church that relied on God so much and prayed and sought God that it wasn't us that was going to bring change to the community we live in, but it was through our prayer and fasting that we would see God move in our community. Next week, Dan's going to come and share about fasting because it's something that's good, strong on his heart. But we're going to talk about these things and we're going to take a step up when it comes to the area of prayer as a church. And so I want to invite you. I want you invite you to consider prayer. Consider how you approach prayer right now. Consider maybe I need to change my approach that I've only looked at it as a shopping list and I need to see it as a lifestyle, as a pattern of life, as a pattern of living. Maybe for some people here that you didn't even know God wanted to communicate with you, but God wants to say to you, I'm here and I love you and I'm drawing you. And you're thinking, well, maybe I should give this prayer thing a shot. Can I encourage you to do that? Can I encourage you to do it? But right now, I want to invite us as a church. And I ask the band even to sing that song, The More I Seek You. But this is where it's at. Even the songs we sang today was about seeking God and sitting at his feet. This is the thing. I want to invite us as a church. Maybe your prayer life has slackened off. I want to encourage you to seek God, to make a fresh commitment to seeking God. Why don't we just close our eyes as the band plays and begin to think about this. Consider where you're at. Consider what God is saying.